Welcome to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. I'm Cindy Fox, certified intuitive eating counselor, coach, and registered health professional. If you've spent years struggling with food and body image issues, and you're tired of having stress around food control your life, I'm here to help. Here on Finding Freedom with Food, I teach you how to step away from dieting, learn to trust yourself with food, and eat intuitively. Each week, I'll be dismantling unhealthy diet culture practices that are keeping you disconnected from your body's innate wisdom, and I'll be sharing my best tools, strategies, and mindset shifts to help you rebuild the peaceful, sustainable relationship with food in your body that you were born to have. In addition to this podcast, I'm always sharing free resources on my website, findingfreedomwithfood.com, and social. So find me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and findingfreedomwithfood without the dots on other social platforms. Eating really can be effortless, pleasurable, and fun again. So if you're ready to get reacquainted with the intuitive eater inside of you, let's dive on in. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Now, before I dive into today's topic, I have a few questions for you. Do you ever feel guilty or like it's wrong to eat when you're not physically hungry? Do you feel like you failed if you ate so much that you feel too full? Or do you ever get frustrated with yourself or feel like a bad planner if you allowed yourself to get too hungry between meals? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions, I totally get it. We're used to judging and shaming ourselves when it comes to food and eating. We have tons of external influences that perpetuate the belief that you're good or bad or right or wrong based on how you eat. Now, hunger and fullness, they are two important and helpful components of intuitive eating. However, often intuitive eating is oversimplified and it's portrayed as simply a diet that relies on hunger and fullness to help you determine the proper amount of food to eat. Now, this false version of intuitive eating, which is the version where you can fail for doing it wrong and you must always perfectly listen to your hunger and fullness cues, is very rigid and quite frankly, dieting. Now, because we're so used to diet culture, it's understandable that people will translate the concepts of intuitive eating into another diet, a hunger fullness diet, rather than what these concepts are intended to do, which is to help you reconnect with and rebuild trust in your body's wisdom to keep you nourished and thriving. Now, as I shared in episode three, intuitive eating is a dynamic, evidence-based framework to help you reconnect with the needs of your body. And here's the thing, intuitive eating relies on living in the gray sometimes and actually noticing and rejecting all or nothing thinking. Now, as I've touched on in previous episodes, intuitive eating is more than just satisfying physical hunger. You know, think about it. Eating is a complex emotional experience that is tied intimately to our cultural and our social behaviors, and it should be enjoyable. Hunger and fullness are part of intuitive eating, but only part. You know, rejecting diet culture, challenging the food police, which is the food rules, full permission to eat all foods, seeking satisfaction in your eating experiences building body respect and self-compassion are also integral parts of intuitive eating. 
Now, today, I do want to dive deeper into how hunger and fullness truly works within the intuitive eating framework. You are not flawed or a failure at intuitive eating if unexpected things came up, you missed lunch, were ravenous by the time you got home from work, and ate all the things until you were uncomfortably full. Things like this happen in life. Life is sometimes unexpected and a little messy. But in a situation like this, what can you do? Well, get curious. Use these situations as a learning opportunity to help you evolve and change your behaviors moving forward. A good habit to get into is to start the day by just taking a few minutes to think ahead. Will you have a long stretch where you won't have a break or access to food? Do you need to bring snacks? Maybe you need to purposefully eat a larger meal to hold you over or eat lunch a bit earlier, even if you're not fully hungry yet. This type of self-care will go a long way in preventing chaotic eating episodes later. Now, what if you went out to dinner with friends and you were enjoying the company, the conversation, the taste of the food so much that you ate really fast and ate to the point of being uncomfortable? Well, for starters, heaping on judgment and skipping meals the next day is not the answer. Instead, take some time to really reflect on the experience. What were some of the things that got in the way of you losing sight of your cues? Identify some things that you can do differently next time to ensure that you enjoy the experience, but without overeating. For example, maybe you will focus on mindfully tasting each bite just to help you slow down a little bit and stay checked in to your body and your hunger and your fullness cues. Now, here's another thing to be mindful of if you're new to the intuitive eating journey. When we are used to restricting foods and we start giving ourselves permission to enjoy them, there is sometimes a honeymoon phase period of overeating those foods before you find balance. This is totally normal. Now, as you apply the 10 principles of intuitive eating, the novelty of those foods will start to wear off. You'll get better and better at recognizing what does and doesn't feel good in your body and your eating behaviors will normalize. Now, for example, if you're eating chocolate or ice cream all day, every day, that is, number one, not going to feel good in your body. And eventually, believe it or not, you're going to get sick of eating ice cream and chocolate. Now, as you rebuild trust and your body knows those foods are always available, the cravings will normalize and the intense desire to overeat those previously restricted foods will dissipate. You'll get to the place where sometimes you'll crave the ice cream or the pizza or the cookie, and sometimes you're going to crave the salad or the chicken and the veggies. Now, for chronic dieters, after many years of dieting and overriding those internal signals and following external rules and restrictive eating practices, the idea of listening to what your body is telling you can be challenging. Many of the people that I work with tell me that they notice the more extreme forms of hunger, but really don't notice slight hunger and what that feels like in their body. Others have difficulty sensing that feeling when fullness is approaching and they're starting to feel satiated, which can cause them to eat past comfortable fullness. Now, if this is you, you are not broken and you can absolutely get to the place where you can raise your awareness to the early signs of hunger and fullness, which can help you have that greater sense of control where you're able to regulate your intake more effectively based on your true energy needs. 
hunger and fullness cues, they're there for a purpose. They're there to help regulate your energy needs. Now, here's another thing. Hunger can be felt and experienced in a variety of ways. Now, contrary to popular belief, hunger is not only felt in the stomach. For some people, a growling stomach is actually one of the last signs of hunger that they feel, and it comes at a point where they are completely ravenous. Some of the early signs that often go unrecognized can show up as changes in mood, energy level, and increasing thoughts about food. Now, the longer you wait to honor the hunger, that's when the intensity will grow. Here are some examples of some early signs of hunger that you may experience. Maybe you have a slight dip in energy level. You feel a little lightheaded, maybe a slight headache coming on. You feel a little restless or maybe distracted and you start to have difficulty focusing or concentrating and you're having increased thoughts about food. You may also feel a slight emptiness or a rumbling in your stomach. The more you focus on listening to your body, the more you're going to begin to hear and experience these more subtle signs of hunger. What's so incredible about hunger and fullness cues is that they can adapt to your changing energy needs. Now, diets make it seem like there's a very exact amount of calories that your body needs, but in reality, your metabolism changes from day to day based on a variety of factors including things like hormonal changes, physical activity, how much you ate, and how much you slept. Listening to your hunger cues can help you appropriately respond to these changing needs. One tool that can help you rebuild awareness and reconnect with your hunger and fullness cues is the Hunger Fullness Scale. This scale is a guide to help you rate your level of hunger and fullness on a scale of 0 to 10. Now, the hunger portion of the scale ranges from zero to five. So at a level five, this is a neutral feeling. You're not necessarily hungry, but you're also not full yet. A level four indicates subtle hunger and thoughts may start to be tuning toward food. Level three, you're going to have those early feelings of hunger. You may feel some interest, maybe somewhat ready to eat, but without urgency. At a level two, you're going to probably be starting to feel very hungry and looking forward to eating. You'll feel some urgency, maybe a dip in energy and a feeling of emptiness. At a level one, hunger becomes more intense. You may feel irritable, dizzy, have a headache, and maybe starting to feel really ravenous. And at level zero, this is that painful, primal state of hunger. At this level, you will feel an intense urgency to eat. You may feel shaky or nauseated because you are so hungry. Now, what about fullness? We start to experience fullness at about a level six. Level six is when you're feeling slightly full. There's those early signs of emerging fullness. At a level seven, this is typically that comfortable state of fullness where you're feeling satisfied and content. If you move up to a level eight, you're starting to feel very full, maybe even a little bit stuffed. At nine, this is the threshold where you're too full, where you may feel that urge to unbutton your pants. At a level 10, you're painfully full where you're experiencing extreme discomfort and maybe even feeling sick. Ideally, you want to aim to stay within levels three, which is that early sign of hunger before it becomes too intense, and a seven, which is that comfortable fullness before you're starting to feel overly full. While this may not always be possible, eating before you hit that extreme or painful hunger point and stopping before you feel discomfort helps to build back trust with your body. 
Now, in the early stages of breaking free from dieting and tuning into your body's cues, it can take time to awaken your senses to your personal hunger and fullness cues. You may want to start by taking one meal each day and tapping into your hunger level at three times during that meal. So before, mid-meal, and then after the meal. So where are you at on the hunger scale when you start eating? What are the physical and mental changes you experience as you move from hunger toward comfortable fullness? At what point do you notice that the taste of food is actually starting to diminish? And at what level of fullness are you at when that happens? This all can be a really powerful regulator to help you determine when you've had enough and are ready to stop eating. Remember, it is not about perfection. It's normal to have times when you get overly hungry and times when you eat past fullness. It's really about learning and growing and rebuilding trust so you can get back to the way you were born knowing how to eat. I created a free resource that you might find really useful if you struggle with recognizing, trusting, and relying on your hunger and fullness cues. It's called The Five Steps to Reconnect with Hunger and Fullness, and it'll walk you through in more depth so you can easily apply the concepts I've shared today. Just go to hungerfullness.com to download a copy today. Well, I hope that you found this helpful. I look forward to continuing to unpack the diet culture trappings that keep so many stuck in the diet cycle. My goal is to help keep you moving forward on your journey to a life where you find balance and where food is effortless, pleasurable, and fun again. So until next time, keep tuning in to your body's wisdom and tuning out the noise of diet culture. Thank you so much for listening to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave the show a review and let me know what you want to hear more of. Leaving a review will also help others get inspiration, support, and resources to help them on their food freedom journey. If you found this episode helpful, share it on social media and don't forget to tag me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and finding freedom with food without the dots on other social media platforms. And remember, you are not put on this earth to live life obsessed with what you eat and caught up in a never-ending battle with your body. So keep focusing on tuning out the diet culture voices and turning up the volume of your body's amazing intuition.